0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations and ruminations, because great radio is still fresh the second time around.
2: Let's reminisce about the Panthers on the field back in the day. This is a man that would put on a show. We'd t- Everybody tailgate and go in and watch this guy run over people for the Carolina Panthers. Hell, he did it in Washington. He, he had four 1,300-plus yard seasons, one in Carolina in 3 in the Super Bowl year. He had three before he even got here in Washington. Still the second most yards in a season in Panther history. How about that? He's still a le- he will always be a Panther legend. He is Stephen Davis and he joins us here on the Mac and Bone Show. we got to reminisce about the old times and catch up steven what's going on man how you doing right now
3: i'm doing great how about you?
2: doing good all right i know you're your fam. you and your family are from spartanburg is that is that where you reside now i think you're still somewhere in the palmetto state right where where are you at and what are you up to these days
3: i'm, I'm in columbia south carolina i'm just re- enjoying retired life man
2: that sounds good right are
3: there.
4: Are you now, as you've gotten away from playing the game, are you still fully invested in, in watching, whether it be college or the pros? Are you, did you, did you become like a fan of the game, kind of like we are?
3: Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm, I enjoy watching good football, and uh, um, everybody always asks me who is my favorite team, I, and I tell them uh, the teams I played for, and, uh Those are my favorite teams. I I enjoy watching all types, all levels of football: high school, college. And the pros. Yeah.
2: No, it makes sense. You're basically an alum. You know, you're an alum of these teams, including the Panthers. And I know that you were down there at, at least one of the practices at training camp. And we've noticed, Stephen, since Frank Reich has taken over, we've noticed the amount of former players that have been at practices or been at, at training camp practices, like it's gone through the roof. Did you I mean how, did you kind of get an invite? Were you invited back? Did you decide on your own to go? It just it feels like they have made it a point now with Coach Reich there. To welcome in the the former Panthers, a bunch.
3: Yes, I mean, one thing I like about about some of these new coaches that's coming in and guys that have played in the league, what they're doing, they're bringing in a lot of the, uh, the old heads in. I don't like to call us old heads. <laughs> <we are. laughs> I wouldn't
4: and go and say I, that. No, nah, you said it. <laughs>
3: Well it, it, we are, but uh the thing is you get that get those guys around that know the tradition and stuff like that. And um they 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 really enjoy it, you know. We have guys asking questions. Yeah. And um you know, I, I really enjoy being around the guys and being around the football.
4: One guy that you spent a lot of time around when you were a Panther was Julius Peppers. We fully expect Pep to go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame next year. What are your memories of uh, Pep as a teammate and having to look across from him on the other side during practices during those during those days?
3: Well, the thing is, when I uh, before I came to Carolina, I, I, let's see, I was in Washington, yeah. and we played and we played him in the preseason, and um, in two thousand two, and uh, I was very impressed. I was very impressed, and. Uh, and I knew my situation was in Washington's coming to an end with Steve Sparrow. And, um, one of the things I want to do is come back home and play. And, uh, I say I want to be with, with a team with a good defense and they would like to run the ball. And, uh, Coach Boss did that. And, playing with Pampers, man, it was, he it was very, he was very impressive, man. I mean, the biggest guy i ever seen <laughs> run that fast. <laughs> and, and the athletic ability that he, he had is amazing. And you only see that once in a lifetime, man. Once in a lifetime. No doubt. Was, it was an honor, honor and a privilege to pay, play with him. And I really enjoyed it, I really enjoyed playing with him.
4: Steve, do you remember that play Pep made in against Denver when he went 99 yards on the interception return and fell at the one yard line?
3: <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I remember.
4: Ridiculous, ridiculous. I mean, there's for a never been more yeah. effort on a play, Mac, than that to not actually the get most, to touch. The,
3: yeah. mo- the, the most impressive play I ever seen make was running down Mike Vick.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he and, he, and he yeah, he was unbelievable the way he chased Vic around at that size. Yeah. just it's ridiculous. Uh, Steven Davis is with us, a guy that is a Panther legend, as Bone said. That that twenty. 20- the 2003 season that ended up in the Super Bowl, that is 1,400-plus yards, the second best in Panther history in a single season. So, Stephen, let's go back into that season and let's talk about it, man, because it was a highlight for Panther fans, and I know it was a highlight for you. You guys were the cardiac cats that year. You guys shocked everybody with how good you were, and you won so many games, you know, with Jake DeLome and company, and you guys would come up clutch late in so many games. Um, when you like, Were you even surprising yourself early in that season? like at what point did you guys all start to believe man we're like we're really a special team something special's happening here
3: well it started in training camp man and uh you know coach pop his training camp was very rigid i mean it was probably one of the hardest training camps i've been in but it started it started training camp and the team chemistry that we had the guys working everybody working on the same goal and uh in that first game against Jacksonville, we was down. I can't remember what the score. Was. We was down at halftime, but we came in at came in at the halftime, and we won that game. It was a close game, but it started it all, and uh, we knew we we knew we had something special then. And uh, we was able to play good defense, run the ball, and Steve and Moose was making catches and blocks downfield. You know, they was they was a great part of that team, and you know everybody everybody contributed, and we didn't have no individuals. Everybody, it was a team. It wasn't no individual guys. You know what I mean? It was just it was just a team, and and we just really enjoyed playing with one another and uh, doing the things that we was capable of doing, man, and uh, made it to the Super Bowl. I hate we lost it, but we, we put every effort in to try to win that game, but. You know, everybody don't get to say they played in the Super Bowl. We played in one, and, and uh,
4: just came up short. Steven, how special has it been for you to witness Sam Mills' legacy grow year after year? And now, you know, we're, what, 19, 20 years removed from the Keep Pounding speech, and the mantra, Keep Pounding, still exists today. What's it been for, like for you to have known Sam Mills, to know that speech, and to see what it means today?
3: Yeah, I mean... You would have never known he was going through some of the things that he was going through. And uh, he would, he, would, he made speech, he made the speech the night before we played Dallas and uh, in the playoff game. And that speech stuck with us. And it's still sticking with us to this day. Keep pounding. Never giving up. Keep chopping the wood. Keep chopping the wood. And uh, to see somebody going through the things that he was going through, and to be able to encourage a group of guys, and a group of guys to get behind, just him in particular, is is amazing. And to hear keep to pounding to this day, 20 years later, is amazing.
2: Steven, that, uh, that Super Bowl game you guys played in. I hate to go I mean, I hate to go back to it because y'all lost it, but I, it sounds the way you're talking about it. Like it's, it's still an amazing memory for you to play that game on that stage. That thing, by the end, was an insane shootout that I truly believe whoever the last quarterback was, Brady or Jake whoever the last offense on the field was, was going to win that game. They end up winning at the late field goal. What Do you, like, when you think back to that game, do you, like, are there moments that you kind of, like, regret? Do you guys feel like, damn, we could have got that game? Or do you just kind of tip your hat to Tom Brady and company, like, man, we both played great and they, they got the best of us?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I actually haven't looked at the game at all. No because wow. we played it, but um, yeah, you tip your head off the Brady man. He, he's the goat man, and and to be able to say you played against a guy that's accountable, man, is it, very special. And um, you know, some of the things that we did in that game, you know, you, you wish you could take them back, but that's the way the game goes. And uh, you know, we had the, most, the misfortune of kicking the ball out of bounds and giving him a short field to go down and kick the field goal. But you know. Things like that happen, you know, and you just got to overcome them. And, and you, can't put, you can't put Tom Brady on the short field and go win a game because he would get you every time.
4: Steven, you're going to be in town Saturday afternoon, September 16th with our friends with the Roaring Riot, the kickoff jam. You're one of the legends along with Thomas Davis, Charles Johnson, other guys there as well. What's that going to mean for you to be back with some fans hanging out and just Sharing memories and talking old days of the Panthers.
3: Yeah, man, it's gonna be special. I love, I love being around, around fans and people that really love Carolina Panthers. And um, you know, you know, I, I live a low key life, and uh, but when when I'm around fans that really appreciate some of the things that I've done, as far as on the football field, I mean, it's special to me, and I really enjoy being around guys like that, man. And uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it.
2: Awesome, man. I know a lot of fans will be looking forward to seeing you there. Uh, absolutely. We all loved your running style, man, that the, you would dish out more of a beating on the opponent than they would on you. And everybody will always remember those years of you with the Panthers. Steven, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate you.
3: Right, thank you. I really appreciate y'all having me. And, uh, Best goal to keep pounding, baby.
1: Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.
5: McDonald's is not new to chicken.
1: Replay on sports radio 92.7 WFNC. Earlier today on Charlotte Sports Today with Jeff Record.
6: Ben Heisler, known for countless on-field fights during his high school career, sports betting analysts, financial advisor, numbers guy, smarter than all of us, joins us now on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. How's that for an in an intro right there, my friend?
7: I mean, it's spectacular. I, I wish it was true. Uh, and, and, and I mean, that was before the, the fighting and the smarter than everybody. Thinks, but it's all, it is always good to be on with you, JR. It's always good to catch up.
6: I just won five bucks from Colin. I said, the first thing he'll say is, hey, JR. So there you go. Wow.
7: All right. See, who's the gambling man now?
6: Oh, dude, don't even ask. Don't even ask. It's all piddly stuff, though. I'm, I'm a 5 a $10 limit guy
7: the way that the way that you get started
6: and yeah.
7: then, uh depending on how much success you have maybe it goes up to, to 10 and 20 but that's perfectly fine i i've never understood anybody shaming anybody for the amount that they place out of bets for a fantasy football league if it works for you that's what's important
6: if it works for the wife that's what's important let's be honest
7: that, thank you yes i yes. i, I, I
6: clearly was misconstrued on that comment. All right. So I was scrolling through uh, Twitter X, whatever you want to call it the other day. And I was looking at your feed cause you had said something that got me interested. And then I looked at the next text and the next one. And, and I saw that you had highlighted kind of the uh, early lines for a lot of these teams throughout the course of the first half of the season. And you had noticed the same thing I did, that the Panthers were underdogs in their first six contests. What should that tell Panthers fans?
7: It should tell them that any sort of early expectations for this team coming out and surprising in what appears to be a fairly winnable division, maybe temper those expectations just a little bit. There's a couple things at play. First of all, it's not as if the numbers against any of these upcoming teams are crazy. You know, they open the season as a three-point dog on the road at Atlanta. The Falcons are, are a team that even in the midst of a second-year quarterback, appeared to be on the rise with a lot of playmakers. Um, then another division game, plus one at home against the Saints, who are projected to win that division by a pretty major number right now. The Saints are around plus 130. Uh, so a $100 bet would, would win you 130 uh, over a drafting sportsbook. And then it's, you know, at Seattle, it's always a difficult place to play. At home against the Vikings, who won the division a season ago. Then the Lions. And then at Detroit, so we're, we're talking about four road games. And then the two games at home, it's essentially near a coin flip. And then things will start to get a little bit easier uh, at home against Houston, at home against Indianapolis, um, going up against Chicago. They're going to be dogs against the Bears this year, too. And that was the worst team in the NFL. So I like what Carolina is building. But I think for Panthers fans that are looking to try and find an edge in the betting market right now, I think if you believe this is going to be a team that's going to make a second-half run, maybe you jump on that win total towards and after the bye week rather than the early portion of the season when they're starting off, you know, as the dog for six consecutive weeks.
6: So, Ben, you're up in Chicago, and people are going to be interested in the Bears this year because of the DJ Moore trade, and that was the trade that brought Bryce Young here. Yeah. I think the bears will be better, but why am I hearing some people think that the bears are all of a sudden going to be contenders in the NFC North? I don't see that in one year.
7: There's some significant upgrades for Chicago in multiple places. It all this, I mean, obviously it starts with Justin Fields, right? Going into his third year, first time in his NFL career that he's going to be able to go back and have the same offensive system for a second consecutive season with Luke Etsy. The defense is, should be substantially improved. Um, and they, you, you talked about the, the playmakers now. It's not just D.J. Moore. It's not just hopefully an improved season out of Chase Claypool. It's not Cole Komet emerging into a potentially top-ten tight end in the league. The offensive line is better. They used that pick that they got from Carolina uh, to go ahead and, and take their right tackle of the future. They've improved on the interior as well. Braxton Jones was a fifth-round pick last year. Uh, is now their starting left tackle and a guy that they feel really good about. Um, and and there's just more speed in Chicago as well. It's not just Fields having to do everything by himself. If You saw in the preseason game, Khalil Herbert took it 60-plus yards. D.J. Moore had a screen pass. And what I like about their line too, Jess, is that they're athletic and they're going downfield to provide some of those blocks in the screen game. So as long as Fields is able to get the ball out quicker, which is a major concern of his, Uh, you're going to see some substantial improvement and the lions are the favorites in the NFC North. Like even after the year Minnesota had, they're a team due for regression. We have no idea what the Packers are going to look like with Jordan love. It it feels to me like a very wide open division. Am I there yet on Chicago? I think they'll be improved, but I'm not ready to go ahead and and crown them the, the way that Denny Green had talked about years ago.
6: Ben Heisler joining us here on the body works plus guest hotline What's a good over-under you think is reasonable from your perspective for the Carolina Panthers win total this year?
7: I mean, right now you're, you're seeing that number at seven and a half and it's pretty universal at this point. I, I think Carolina is right around that number. I, I had hoped, you know, I had hoped as a bears fan that they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league because Chicago gets their number one pick. But you hear everything, especially from all the veterans that they brought in. I heard Adam Thielen do an interview a handful of weeks ago, talking about how he wouldn't have signed in Carolina if he didn't feel like this is a team that was ready to contend. And you know, maybe that's just player speak, or maybe he followed the money. Uh, but I think this is going to be one of those teams that, in the early portion of the season, and also you know, you know this from your time in Indianapolis. Frank Reich's teams in the early portion of the season tend to struggle. He's also been very bad against the spread. Um, in the early portions of the year. And then up until last year, they've been one of the better covering teams in the NFL in the second half of the season. It's another new quarterback for Frank. Granted, it's maybe one of his most talented, it's not named Andrew Luck in Bryce young, but <clears throat> Hey, I just look at Carolina as they're, they're probably going to lose a lot of close games in the early portion of the year. A, because you have a, a rookie quarterback, no matter how polished he is. And there's still a lot of moving pieces from this team from a year ago. So I think they end up as a seven win team and it's not necessarily an indictment on Carolina. I think given where they could have been and some of the changes and adjustments, they're just going to lose a lot of close games because they have a rookie quarterback who then the following year is more likely to take a major leap. And then you're looking at them as a team that has a chance to win the division.
6: So I've always been saying too, over the last two months that if Carolina can get that road win in the division at Atlanta and then win at home their second game on the Monday night against New Orleans. By that same token within the division, it could be off to the races for them too. Right.
7: No doubt, because you're, you're, you're looking at Tampa Bay as the boost of the, of the South. And then there's, if you're looking at the, the look ahead Lions, even on the road at New Orleans in week 14, they're a three-and-a-half-point underdog. That's it. You know, maybe you, you, you kind of use the rule of thumb, and it's not always the case in betting, but, you know, if two teams are equal, you usually give it about a three-point spread uh, for the home team. So they're basically getting an extra half point to go on the road against the clear division favorite. This tells me that this, this division very much up for grabs. Uh, I just happen to think it's going to be more likely between New Orleans um, and Atlanta, with Carolina being in a lot of close games this year. You know, and, and that's something, too, that you, you measure over time. Like how, how do these types of teams do in close games, and are they making improvements? And you know, Whether or not Bryce Young, as he goes through the season, will be able to finish off those games and, and make the plays down the stretch. We certainly saw it for many, many years at Alabama, but the first year in the NFL, for a lot of quarterbacks, to a struggle. So I see this Panthers team, especially with how good their defense was in the second half of the year under Steve Wilkes last year, hanging in a lot of games, but I do think it's going to take some time for this offense to start to churn and and figure themselves out.
6: Ben, always uh, enjoy talking to you, man. Thanks for coming on for a few minutes this morning. It's uh, good to catch up, and hopefully we get to do it in person soon.
7: That would be fantastic, Jeff. Good to talk to you, man. Good luck to uh, you guys all in Carolina, and we'll do this again soon. All
6: right. Thanks. Ben Heisler joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Ben, a, uh, a betting and fantasy football analyst.
1: Listen to Charlotte Sports Today with Jeff Rickard. Each weekday morning from 10 to noon. And keep it tuned right here for more instant replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC.
0: The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.
5: McDonald's is not new to chicken.
1: WFNZ. Just in case you missed it earlier this week on the Wesson Walker Show.
8: Joe Ovius joins us, and I have to lead off with one question, Joe. Have you been eating or chewing gum from this decade since our last encounter with each other at ACC kickoff?
9: No, 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 no. I'm, I have uh, flushed that out of my system, although I believe uh, before you guys called I was watching the latest episode of Hard Knocks, and I I believe—I haven't watched Hard Knocks yet. I just watched it because of the—I knew they were going to feature Panther stuff, right? I don't know if you guys watched the Hard Knocks episode Mm -hmm. uh, from last night. Uh, But no, I I believe that the way they portray Aaron Rodgers made me gag worse than that old gum. Let's get it. My goodness. My goodness, what an infomercial for that dude. Whew. It's
8: nonstop, and there is not a happier person in this studio than one Wes Bryan, who spent really the first 45 minutes doing the same thing you were, just you know, really disappointed with the way that Aaron Rodgers was being framed here. Not
10: a big Aaron Rodgers fan. I mean, Joe, what about the way that the team just acts like he is just... Jesus returning. I mean, it is ridiculous. I'm like, did you guys not see these pedestrian playoff games? Yeah, and the games that he's lost and how he threw teammates under the bus and the way he left Green Bay and they just act like that he is just a god.
9: I mean, look, I think Robert Sala, uh, not to get too derailed here, but uh, Robert Sala coming turned out a central casting for a cool uh, that's a cool dude. Okay, so I could watch him talk all day. Uh, He's absolutely right that their defensive line that's their baby and I, that, to me, was the takeaway from Hard Knocks was, yeah, you saw it in those joint practices. The Panthers offensive line is going to be a little bit of a problem this year. They got one of the best defensive lines. So what we saw this past weekend, not exactly a surprise for people. But, yeah, the, the, the look, you know how this is in New York, man. They're going to love you right now. Let's see how they exactly. go. Very, a very difficult AFC East. This is not the old AFC East. This is a very difficult AFC East with the Dolphins and the Bills. We know that uh, we know that Bill Belichick isn't a dummy. You know he's going to scheme up some stuff. It's going to be tough, man. And you know how it is in New York. The minute they go on a little bit of a losing streak or they look, they, they get a little panicky, that media is going to rip them. And what do we know about what do we know about Aaron Rodgers? He can go run to Pat McAfee, but they're going to take all those clips. They're going to put them on the back pages, and he's going to get really in his feeling about some Photoshop and a headline they're going to do on the back of the post. And that's what I'm really... That's, that's the hard knocks I want to watch. That's the preseason stuff. I want to see Aaron Rodgers in real time react. Def- but we'll get to that later.
8: Yep. The defensive film room acted like they won the Super Bowl on a back-of-the-end-zone Alan Lazard <laughs> <laughs> touchdown. <Yeah. laughs> the defense! It's not the offense. The defense, he's ours! Yeah! We got Aaron Rodgers! They were so excited off of a practice throw and the defense like, you play like that, we're going to win the Super Bowl. Right he's ours fellas all right let's get to some college conversation that's the voice of joe Ovius on the bodyworks plus guest hotline go check him out especially on youtube Ovius and jillio podcast you can also check him out on twitter or x however you refer to it at joe Ovius. joe so we're past the august 15th deadline to depart the acc for the 2024 season it's come and gone sorry not so sorry to florida state we also have the expansion conversation particularly with cal and stanford that was not approved here's my question because if there's a lot of things to break down here. My real question is, what's next for the ACC and Florida State as we get ready for this upcoming season?
9: Are you guys um, are you guys like Marvel movie watchers or uh, Star Wars? I am. Guys, yeah,
8: sure. Wes is a yes. monster Marvel watcher.
9: Okay. All right. So, Wes, you, you know where I'm going with this. Man, they had a really great 10-year run leading up to Endgame, right? Yes. And then now, every summer, you kind of get like the same thing. Like, oh, okay. Here is this visual spectacle fight. Oh, they're chasing this next artifact they have to get to solve this. Oh, here is a wise cracking animal. Like after a while, you get a little fatigue from it. Yes, and you don't. You just don't want to watch it again. And I think that's where we're at with conference alignment over the last three summers. It goes beyond just the ACC. And I'm this is this is the part where going forward is going to be fascinating. And the ACC can try to add Stanford and Cal to maybe add members to the grant of rights that runs them through 2036. And it could be voting members that can keep Florida State and Clemson stuck in the conference uh, for a little bit longer before it's finally financially appetizing for them to fight it in court, okay? So that could be the long game here, even though I do think the right move is to just sit and use the golden handcuffs that is your grant of rights. But here's the conversation we're going to start having next summer. It's not about the ACC. It's about the teams that are in a bloated Big Ten. It's about the teams in a bloated SEC and the next contract for television and just how much money they want to dole out to all these conferences. You can't kick a school out because you want to talk about lawsuits. Try, you know, if you're Maryland or Rutgers and the Big Ten says, hey, yeah, guys, uh, buyer's remorse, we want you out of here, they're going to get sued, and they don't want that. However, they can tell these schools, the Vanderbilts of the world, the, the Illinois of the world, right? Hey, yeah, so you're getting an equal share. That's not really working for us anymore, so you're going to get less of a cut. And by the time we get to that next television contract, the big one, probably in 2035, 2036 timeframe, why wouldn't the elite level schools share any of the money period with any of these conferences and go and create this super league? I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing, depending on what you like. If you're like me and you still care about things like college basketball and you care about regional rivalries, this actually could be beneficial to the nc state and carolinas of the world because then you're not focused with all these crappy football games that you don't really give a damn about anymore and you let the big boys take care of that stuff at their super league level so i do think that's where things are going in the next 10 years uh, but in the meantime we're going to have whiny florida state uh <laughs> you know trying to act like they're playing 40 chess with everybody when all they're really doing is kind of sounded like my old Cuban grandparents and great uncles at Christmas time where they talked about all this money they used to make and how much money they could be making if they were still in Cuba. I mean, that's all this (laughs) is right
8: now. Well, and Joe, I mean, you've referred to it as the golden handcuffs a couple of times, right? You're referring to the grant of rights being the golden handcuffs, keeping Florida State within the ACC, whether they like it or not, and FSU, besides a couple of outliers, and those circumstances, if those don't come about, then they're just stuck within the conference. Here's my question, Joe. Are we going to have this Florida State-ACC convo every year or two until the grant of rights and those golden handcuffs come yes. off?
9: Yes. I mean, we did. We had it 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, we had a conversation with Holden Thorpe, the former chancellor at North Carolina, and he was the chair of the presidents of the ACC that was instrumental in getting this grant of rights locked in. By the way, the grant of rights that Florida State voted yes to and celebrated – but in our conversation with him, which you can listen to on the Ovius and Julio podcast, that hmm. his he he there were two no votes. This this is another interesting tidbit. There were two no votes back then, and those no votes came from Florida State and Virginia, but they came from for different reasons. Virginia was more of like a weird political thing. Florida State was just more about being whiny and Florida State and they needed to feel like loved, right? So John Swafford the commissioner at the time went down to Tallahassee and made them feel loved. I don't know if ACC commissioner Jim Phillips can have the same kind of soothing effect on Florida state to make them feel loved. Nor do I think in the era that we're in, where everybody has an opinion and on social media, you had ads that are way more willing to talk to you like Bubba Cunningham, athletics director at North Carolina, who talked to us about the grant of rights, talked to my former colleague, Adam gold, uh, which went, you know, national, because he said, quit your barking. That stuff is playing out now. And I do put that as a reflection on the current commissioner who cannot keep the political business behind closed doors. So long-winded way of saying, yes, we're going to deal with this until dot, dot, dot.
10: Joe Ovius joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow him on Twitter at Joe Ovius. And Joe, how do you think ACC fans should feel with the league now looking like it's going to stay intact for the foreseeable future? And I said that the players and coaches don't really care about this, so we should be able to continue to get uh, good teams, good players, good games. How should ACC fans feel now that the conference looks like it's not going to be a part of any other conference's expansion? Yeah.
9: Uh, Well, I'll I'll put it like this. I mean, I don't know about you guys. You guys actually still work for a media company. I'm now just kind of doing my small LLC thing. You guys didn't get a percentage of the ACC's television deal, did you?
8: My wallet screams a resounding no.
9: no. (laughs) Okay, I'm just double checking, you know, because I don't get the super secret media emails anymore. (laughs) So I'm just curious. You didn't get a cut, right? Nope. I'm pretty sure back when I was working for a big company, I didn't get a cut either. I don't get a check from NC state. I don't get a check from Greensboro. So I don't see why everybody's so wrapped up in this money. That doesn't affect me when I'm watching football games on a Saturday. I just care if my team wins. Now, if you want to make this argument, well,
3: we can't win
9: because we don't have the money. That's not true. You don't win because you make poor decisions. Clemson, manages to be a national title contender with the same economic forces. What's the excuse? Texas has all the money in the world and they're deciding to go to the SEC. They didn't need the SEC's money. What they needed was a way to backdoor their way into the college football playoff. And that's where the SEC comes in. But even with all their money, they still make poor decisions and lose. So this, everybody being tied up in money is really, really tiring at this point in time. Now, As far as ACC fans are concerned, here's my prediction. Florida State plays LSU to start things off, right? Mm -hmm. I have the schedule in front of me. What do you think the percentage of ACC fans would cackle, love, the schadenfreude if Florida State gets their ass handed to them by LSU?
8: Oh, we've talked about it a lot. Like, we all are wanting it. Everybody wants it to happen.
9: Everybody wants it. So, I am here for that. I am here to watch Florida State, after a summer of whining, get handed to them by LSU. I'm I'm here for it, and that's what I think everybody's rooting for right now.
10: And then, Joe, uh, they talked about what the potential of Cal and Stanford joining and Notre Dame trying to work behind the <laughs> scenes to make that happen. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> what do you feel like, if any chances, Notre Dame, since they're trying to make decisions in the background, will ever come to the foreground and join the doggone league as a football uh, partner? Is that something else to watch for maybe in 2036 or maybe them going to some other league?
9: Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if y'all have ever been in a relationship where, you know, you're with a significant <laughs> other and they basically just kinda of get away with everything they want and then you wonder why you know, you wonder why, you know, it's a it's a terrible relationship. I almost curse there. So
8: it's not YouTube, Joe, okay?
9: Like it's podcast. not YouTube. It's not podcast. FCC won't let me be. So here's the thing. Jack Swarbrick is on his way out. He's the AD at Notre Dame. His last year is 2024. I think he's going off to be the college football playoff guy, right? The fact that it's not so much, it's not so much that they have a full vote on ACC matters. It's fine. That doesn't bother me. What bothers me is that nobody – I just got done reading Andrea Adelson's piece on ESPN. I did not see a single quote from an AD, athletic administrator, or a president anonymously say – Notre Dame can sit their ass down when it comes to this topic of expansion when they know full damn well this would stop if they just joined the ACC. That's the part that bothers me, that nobody has the testicular fortitude to tell Notre Dame, we saved you in 2020 in the pandemic season. You would not have had a schedule. The Big Ten wasn't going to take you. You couldn't have pieced together a schedule because everything was conference. We brought you in. We saved your season. The least you could do is make this go away. And then getting back to the start of this conversation, when the elite schools decide to break off, then you can go on your merry way and do whatever it is that you want to do. Stanford and Cal is a classic case of presidents looking out for other presidents. Presidents care about academics. Those are two high academic schools they feel bad for them, so they're trying to throw them a lifeline. Obviously, wiser people made the no votes, and now we're here.
8: Joe, I don't want to limit you, but I wanted to get this one question in before break. I watched your episode with former UNC Chancellor Holden Thorpe on YouTube. It's fantastic. If you care about this sort of thing, great info, Joe and Ovius and Jillio podcast on YouTube, great info, right? Even Jillio is saying to Holden Thorpe, you are a part of the group that should de- not be making football decisions, as you just kind of <laughs> reference. Like, he's telling Holden, uh, I probably shouldn't be doing this. And Holden's like, yeah, I agree. He agrees. I shouldn't he have agrees. been doing it. So w- with the current system, right, we can get into the system questions maybe later on. But with the system in place as it is right now, how much faith should we put in the decision makers within the conference?
9: Zero. Absolutely zero. Uh, they're academics. They should be caring about grants. They should be caring about enrollments and fundraising for the school and everything else. I'm not dis- I'm not diminishing, by the way. I'm not diminishing their role. These are really important things because these are the things that ultimately matter in the grand scheme of things, right? But when it comes to this kind of stuff, football makes everything worse. We love football, but behind the scenes, it makes everything worse worse and they should not be making these decisions. They should just focus on something else, get somebody else to, to power. I mean, look, Mike Krzyzewski has been saying this for years, even before he retired, that there needs to be independent oversight on revenue sports and take that stuff out of the hands of the universities. Will we eventually get to that point? I'm not sure because oh, as, as the very famous philosophers Wu Tang said, cash rules everything around me. And these presidents, as much as they care about academic missions, they get really caught up in the cash as well. And football brings a lot of money to the table. But again, it causes problems, and that's why we're here.
8: I choose to live by Diversify Your Bonds if we're going philosophical views <laughs> from Wu-Tang, but I like that one yeah. as well. That is the voice of Joe Ovius on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Go check him out. Ovius and Gilio podcast on YouTube. The OG is on YouTube. He's also on Twitter. Follow him at Joe Ovius. Always appreciate the time, man. Great stuff. Thanks, Joe. Take
1: it easy. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to three. Sit tight and stay locked. Because instant replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC.
0: The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.
5: McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy, Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing.
0: Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
1: You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice
10: week on the Wesson Walker show. Folks, high school football starts back this weekend. Triple header going down in the Queen City. It doesn't get any better than that. And folks, to help us bring in the high school football season on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, we've got Jeff Taylor, sports director at Bay Hackle Sports. And you can follow him on Twitter at JTB Bay Hackle Sports Jeff how you doing today I'm doing great guys you all ready Yeah man we're definitely ready I'm always ready for high school football season so let's get into it The triple header going down on Saturday August 19th Providence Day taking on Northwestern High School from Rock Hill that is the marquee matchup but you always you also get other great ones Myers Park and Charlotte Christian West Charlotte versus the Palisades as well what are the most intriguing games to you out of that bunch and also add in Duncan Burns versus Huff uh as well those are the three games that are at Memorial Stadium and of course Providence Day and Northwestern High will be going down at Bank of America Stadium the first high school game to be played at Bank of America which games out of those are the most intriguing to you well,
11: I think you mentioned right off the bat, I think the one, you know, at Bank of America Stadium, the key pounding class, the first time high school football has been played there. Um, and, you know, you bring in what could be the best team in the state in Providence Day with uh, Jaden Davis and Jordan Shipping in that offense, which is just high-powered. I mean, Northwestern's a good team. Uh, we'll see if they can hang. But, uh, you know, I'm curious to see, uh, you know, what type, of, what the crowd's like there. And, um, you know, it'll be rocking uptown. So, to me, right off the bat, um, you know, to see Providence Day and Coach uh, Coach Greer and that team come out of the gate uh, and see what they put on the field. Um I think they're, they're – I'll, I'll make some people up maybe a little upset. They might be better than the Panthers offense come week
10: one. <laughs> <laughs> also, <laughs> also too, when you talk about the Ortho Carolina high school football kickoff night, that's also happening tomorrow, Thursday, August 17th. You've got Cox Mill taking on Weddington, one of the traditional powers in the state, and the Independence Patriots Resurging into the upper echelon of high school football around here, taking on Mallard Creek that has also been a stalwart for the last few seasons. What games do you like out of those two? What do you expect out of those squads as they take aim at one another?
11: Sure, absolutely. Well, Weddington and Coxville, they kick it off at 515 tomorrow. And, you know, that's a a rematch of a second-round playoff game last year, which Weddington just dominated. Um, But Weddington... You know, 13-2 and two last year. They lose to the Grimsley. Uh, you know, they were one point from going to the championship game. I think they lost in the semis uh, by a point. Um, you know, they've lost all five of their starting wide receivers out there. Um, they got 15 total returning starters on both sides of the ball there at Weddington for Coach Cone. Um, Tyler Butch, he's a senior. Um, last year he had to battle for the quarterback spot and won it, so he comes in now with some games under his belt. Um, you know, and last year when he did take over, he threw 34 touchdowns and 14 interceptions, so Curious to see how that offense is going to go up against, uh, you know, Cox Mill. Um, and, and let me back up. Weddington also has four uh, O-linemen returning. So we'll see how that offense clicks. Cox Mill, 9-3 last year. They got a brand-new head coach, um, Brian Holmes. Coach Holmes, he came home from Audrey Kell. He was their offensive coordinator the last two years. Um, they're young on both sides of the ball. Um, but they do have a veteran offensive line, and they have a running back by the name of Jeremiah Jones who can take it to the house every single time. So Coxville comes in with a little bit of, uh, you know, wanting some revenge after losing last year in the playoffs. Weddington um, coach Capone has done great things out there. So can't wait to see that. And then of course, right after that, you mentioned independent independence and in Mallet Creek, you know, independence. I, I you know, I, I'm high on coach DJ McFadden and what he's done out there. Third year as a head coach, 11 and two last season, um, you know, 2 postseason wins. He's done a lot there. Um, the junior quarterback Justin Little, I've watched him at practice and in games. Um, you know he can move around in the pocket, and uh, you know I think he gets confident every time he gets out on the field. So, you know I can't wait to see that Mallard Creek. You know a lot, uh, lot to look forward to there. They've got a, a senior wide receiver, a Benjamin Black, three-star wide receiver who committed to Rutgers. Um, so you know early on they say defense wins early in the season, but I think these offenses. Uh, can certainly put on a show uh, come tomorrow night out of Memorial Stadium.
8: Jeff Taylor, the CW Sporting Director, joining us right now on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Jeff, what's an underrated game taking place this weekend or this week that we're not talking about enough?
11: I'm going to go with actually, um, and I'm going to plug it a little bit if you guys don't mind, our Bayhacklesports.com game of the week is Providence and Audrey Kell. Um, those two teams don't like each other. Those two schools don't like each other. And uh, on a personal note, I've had two kids play at Providence and I can tell you that they um, the, the, <laughs> that game gets a little heated from the get go. I think from the coin toss it gets heated. So that's a game that's going to be uh, interesting to watch. They started last year. Um, you know they used to be in the same uh, conference and then they switched them up or whatever. But last year, uh, AK kicked off the season beating Providence twenty-one to nothing. Um, and Providence comes in as an interesting story. They've got a young man named uh, Jackson Devi who's their sophomore quarterback. Um, and even after his freshman year last year, only playing six games he already had four division one offers. I think the first one he got was from East Carolina. So I'm kind of curious to see, uh, how, how Providence plays out there. Um, and AK eight and three, um, they lost 32 seniors. So I'm interested to see how coach Yakim pulls that team together. They're very young. I've talked to him uh, earlier this week. And, um, of course he's just fired up to see, uh, you know, Providence on the other side. Like I said, they don't like each other. So I think that's a game to keep an eye on. Um, Because I think both of those schools, as the season progresses and they grow, uh, could make some noise.
8: Jeff, we host a sports show. We got to talk about the Carolina Panthers. We talk about the Charlotte Hi. Hornets. We talk about college sports all the time. You have to get to know so many different players and so many different high schools, not only just in the Charlotte area, but even, I guess, within an hour's drive worth of time in the surrounding areas. How What has that been like for you, having to get to know every single important player, even the subplots of the upcoming high school season? I have to imagine it's a lot to take in.
11: It is, but I am uh, fortunate to have a, a great team uh, here at BayHackle Sports with uh, John Treach and Kelly Bardick. Uh, you know, Kelly's been around you know the market forever, and then uh, Jack Taylor. And um, you know, we spent the last I think I put it together the other day. We covered 29 schools in 29 days. So we've been out there uh, talking to people, and um, you know, just being being there, being at their practices, and bringing back as much information as we can, and, and getting that information out to our viewers. And um, you know, social media, um, getting to know the people in social media. Since we've been out at those schools, um, me following the players and the coaches, they're following us. It's a lot to do, but um, you know, like I said, I'm 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 blessed to have the team that I do that goes out. And like I said, to hit what I said, twenty nine. Uh, 29 to 30 teams in 30 days was, was pretty impressive. So um, it, it's tough, but but when you love high school sports, and, and listen, at the end of the day, you know, I love the Panthers. I love Hornets. I love my NASCAR and stuff like that. You know, to me, high school is still that. Um, there's nothing quite like high school sports, whether it's football or any other sports out there. You guys know just the atmosphere around high school sports is amazing and just uh, uh, so proud to be a part of it. All right, Wes,
8: let's... Well, I was going to say, we should probably end it now because we already have a texter saying, how about the money line on Independence and Mallard Creek? So maybe we get out of here before we get any more questions like that and keep this thing pure.
10: No doubt about it. That was Jeff Taylor of Hackle Sports on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Don't forget to enjoy all of the good high school football this weekend, whether you're talking about high school football kickoff night powered by Ortho Carolina, which features Weddington and Cox Mill, Independence and Mallard Creek is the nightcap or the Hackle Sports game of the week, Providence. R.J. kill or the triple header at Memorial Stadium or the big it? game at the Bank of America Stadium as well. Jeff, we appreciate you as always, my man.
11: Hey, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for you know uh, helping the high school scene grow and appreciate all you guys do. You keep doing the work you're doing. You guys rock.
1: Tuned into instant replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
0: The exclusive home of the
8: Charlotte Sports Fan.